Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Rebuild. I am Henry Ettinger, joined once again by my my co-host, Jordan Climac. We we missed uh, the early in, in the week, uh, Jordan. There was a lot of other things going on in both of our lives. Rest assured, Browns fans, we will be back to our two-pod a week cadence next week. Uh, I, in fact, have already recorded one of those podcasts with, with uh, PFF's Mike Renner draft analysis. We took a look at the whole AFC North. But Jordan, it's been too long since we last talked. In the meantime, the Indians got no hit for the second time in a month. The <laughs> hey, Cavs, they bounced back. They bounced back, all right? They did. They did. The Cavs <laughs> won a uh, disastrous game for tanking yesterday. And most importantly, the 2021 Brown schedule came out. Yeah, that's the. I mean, that's the most important thing, right? Like, Henry, there's these kind of like milestones or kind of like just like places you get to in the offseason, right? And that's always for so long. It's the draft. The season ends, you go three months on the draft and then the draft happens and all of a sudden it's the schedule. And when is the schedule coming out? And before you know it, training camp's going to be here. Before you know it, after training camp, I mean, rookie mini camp starts tomorrow. So things things are starting to get underway. We're going to have some uh, real football to talk about here coming up. And look, I'm excited about it. The schedule release came up fast, I feel like, this year. The NFL does a nice job of like drafting, you know, free agency in March, draft in April, schedule release in May. June, June's a little bit of a dead month. And, and then, bam, you're right, the training came from then off to the races. So this is kind of that last piece before, you know, the, the offseason settles down a little bit. It gets a little bit easier for all of us. <laughs> can explore some fun topics. Maybe there'll be an extension to talk about, but who knows? We'll, we'll see. However, Jordan, we do have games to talk about, 17 games to talk about in this case. 17 games. It's been so weird in trying to craft these numbers, too. Like, you're going through it, like you're seeing people, and it's like 17. Like, I, I keep wanting to say, like, 11 and 5, you know, 12 and 4, something like that. But, no, there's that extra game, and we'll see how that plays out, Henry. It's going to be weird with, like, teams not being able to finish 500 again, right? Like, you have to get have a tie in there to go 500 now, so – It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But at the end of the day, I'm 17th game, one more week of the NFL. I mean, sign me up for it. I also like it for the fact that there's going to be an extra game. I also kind of like that you can't finish 500. You either have to be better or worse than that. However, it's totally messing with me with all the predicted. Yeah. Predicted like how long? How long is it going to take for us to get used to like a, a 10 and seven record? Like, I feel like that's going to be weird for a couple of years. I, I, I like, we're, like, since I've been alive, it's been, you know, 10 and six, nine and seven, that kind of thing. So to have that be different this year, I think it's going to take a couple of years to settle in. I, it definitely is for me. I mean, the records at 12 and five, 13 and four, I yeah. seven and 10. I 14, was, and, I, 14 and three is a weird one. <laughs> I, was just, I was all over the place as people were tweeting out the various predictions for the various teams when the schedules came out yesterday so jordan we will do a little bit of our own version of that we're, we're gonna take turns going game by game and kind of do a try to speed up the the schedule game a little bit and give our observations on the brown season but then we're also going to take you know take a little bit of a bigger picture look obviously the, the schedule game is something everybody's playing to some degree right now but we want to really look at this in a little bit more of a holistic sense. And I think that'll be the most helpful for the listeners as well. But the one thing we did know uh, before yesterday, Jordan, was week one. And the Browns got a tough draw in week yes. one. The so, Super Henry, you, like, do, you, like, do you come out on this? Were you someone that wanted this tough challenge right off the bat? Because I was someone that was very, very against that. And, like, I know you can play in the whole thing of, like, you know, the teams don't really hit their stride, don't really learn a lot about – like, I mean, look at the Browns last year. They got the, their socks knocked off of them against the Ravens, and then they end up going, you know, 11-5, and five, making the playoffs, winning a playoff game. We thought after that first game, like, oh, God, same old Browns, new coach, doesn't even matter. It's going to be the same Browns no matter what. Didn't end up being the case, but I still – like, Henry, it just comes down to me one and up. My God, I don't know why. I don't know what it's like. I, I, I seriously can sit here and tell you, I don't know what it's like to be 1-0 because it seems like we've never been. I mean, I don't know what it's like, 16, 17 years in a row of losing that first game. I just wanted to win the first game, get that out of the way. Like, give me the Lions week one. I didn't need the Chiefs. I mean, I'll accept the challenge. Don't get me wrong. I'll accept it. But I really just wanted that layup week one. I did too. 
And that's not, <laughs> that's not the, the macho thing to say. That's not the confident no. Browns fan thing to say. But look, the, the Browns haven't won, you know, an opening game in how many years at this point? It was Jeff George. I don't remember the exact year, but Jeff George was the starting quarterback. We're one twenty and one, I believe, in opening games since the team came back in '99. I can't remember the, the one we we did end up winning, but it's suffice to say it's been a long time. And, and yeah, I was looking forward to potentially getting one of those on the board. And so there's that piece of it. There's the historical piece of it. There's also the fact, and we can get to this as part of the analysis of the Chiefs game, that this team is going to be starting seven or eight new players on the defensive side of the football. Yeah. So. Yeah, going up against Andy Reid, who historically is fantastic in opening week games, and Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the NFL. Welcome, new Browns defense to, to the competition. So a couple of things that go into this, though, that I like in favor of the Browns, and that's you have Kevin Stefanski for, like, look, we know right now the Browns are going to be playing the Chiefs week one. And now I've talked with current players, former NFL players, and they all say the same thing, right? Like, I guarantee you Kevin Stefanski started game planning for the Chiefs last night. Like that happened, Henry, like that without question happened. And he's without question the best coach we've had in so long. So to have him, his mind have that, that long of a time to get ready for the Chiefs. Of course, Andy Reid having the same thing, but give me, I like Kevin Stefanski and, and what he's able to do, what he's able to craft up, knowing where the Browns came up short last year against the same team for him to have as long as he has to prepare against it now. And then there's another thing that I think that people aren't thinking about. This is a slept on thing. And I know this isn't your guy. So, you know, you might want to fight me after I say this, but having Anthony Schwartz on the Browns right now is a game changer because Henry, the Browns are not going to be shocked by the speed of the Kansas city chiefs anymore. They were shocked by it last year, the Tyree kill Hardman, all these guys, all the speed that they can throw at you Browns. That was the first time they'd seen speed like that on the field. That's the first time they really experienced it, didn't know how to react, got punched in the mouth, had to fight their way back. Henry, they're going to be seeing that type of speed, that Tyreek Hill speed every single day in practice. And I think if Schwartz isn't going to see the field, it can at least be valuable to the Browns in the sense of a, you know, getting ready for the game, a game planning standpoint of having the speed, world-class speed on your team, being able to see it every day and not be shocked when you see it on the field. And I think that's a slept on piece of Anthony shorts. And I think that's a slept on piece of the Browns going into this game and having so long to prepare for it. That being said, I mean, still the chiefs. I mean, <laughs> I love your optimism and I don't, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that the Browns could win this opening game against the chiefs. Uh, I will tell you that I've already placed a small wager wager against the Browns. Uh, oh, the did chiefs. you? Okay. Uh, did you take money line because no, that, no, no. You, okay, you went so you're going the Browns plus five and a half or Chiefs well, I, minus I five. And Chiefs half, minus yeah. five uh, right. and the, is the line I got. But yeah, see, I don't, Henry. I think that's a little. Andy, that's a big so spread. He, that's a big bigger spread than I. That's almost disrespect in my opinion. Like let's talk really, about that right so, now. That five and a half is a lot. The Browns got so much better. In that, it was a five point game last year. So I, I, okay. First of all, it was a five point game because Chad Henney came in first. I know, I know, I know. But <laughs> we were also had some people that didn't deserve being on the field on defense. So I think that plays into it as well. It does. It does. So here's, here's the reason why I'm not optimistic. Number one, you're going on the road to Kansas City. We forget, what, you know, because home crowds weren't as much of a factor last year, you're already down three, potentially three and a half in the spread situation given the fact that Kansas City has one of the best home crowds in the league. And on top of that, they want to see, you know, I, they obviously were there for the playoffs a little bit last year, but not in the same capacity. On top of that, Andy Reid has embarrassed many great defensive coordinators. And that's my concern here. It's not Kevin Stefanski. I think the Browns are going to put up points on the offensive side of the football just fine. It's the fact that I don't think they're going to be able to stop it. Andy Reid embarrassed Bill Belichick a, a few years ago in, in the opening game. And Bill Belichick is the best. Yeah, with Alex Smith. <laughs> yeah, with Alex Smith. Yeah. Not with Patrick Mahomes. And as I said, I think the Browns, if this game was in week 10, would first of all be five and a half point underdogs. And second of all, you'd feel much better about their chances. It's, it's the spot. It's week one when you're starting seven, eight new guys. And I have a feeling they're not going to play a ton in preseason, especially some of these veteran guys like John Johnson. So 
and I wouldn't Clowney say that they too, need yeah. to. Clowney, all these guys, you know, they have some injury history. So, yeah, I think they're – and I am fully on board with this Browns team, as optimistic as ever. It's just the week one spot to me is a doozy. I'm, I'm glad you said that, and it's a very interesting storyline that I hadn't even really thought about yet, but the whole Joe Woods storyline that plays in this game, because, Henry, I said a couple weeks ago, right, like, he's not technically on the hot seat, but like it's now, or it's almost put up or shut up for Joe Woods, right? Like he had, you know, last year he had the excuse of having a lot of guys that he didn't expect to have, you know, a lot of people were playing due to circumstance rather than performance and deserving to be on the field. I understand that. I didn't agree with some of his schematics. I think that a lot of the players that we got in uh, this off season in the draft fit into what he wants to do a little bit more, but like, what a test that is for Joe Woods, knowing everything that he has to deal with week one. Like, Henry, if the Chiefs come out and they put up 45 points, the same questions that a lot of Browns fans had last year about Joe Woods are all of a sudden going to come up again. To me, Joe Woods is not on the hot seat right now. I mean, like, hot seat. You know what I mean? I just mean, like, if if not this year, then when, you know? So I was just going to – gonna say that although i'm not gonna overact to week one and i don't think he's on the hot seat right away but if this team disappoints i tell you who's gonna be the first coach that's gonna be gone it's gonna be joe woods because it's not i would be shocked if this team disappoints from an offensive side of the football perspective and like you said last year he gets a pass that the personnel wasn't there however in the offseason, he's gotten a lot of the personnel that, in theory, should fit what he's doing. And so if he can't right. perform with this group now, with seven or eight new additions to that defensive side of the football, then, yeah, I think he's going to be in trouble because the offensive side of the football, in my opinion, last year was capable of making a deeper run than even that game against the Chiefs. I think that the offense was good enough to get the Browns, you know, into Super Bowl contention. It was the defense that held them back. That's not all of Joe Wood's fault, but at some point the coach has to, to take on the responsibility. Right, exactly. It's just an interesting storyline that I hadn't thought about yet. And it's like, but we also got knowledge. It could go the exact opposite way, right? Like all the Browns could, they could, Clowney could be, you know, we see that he's going to be a presence with Miles getting double teamed. And, you know, the secondary we can see is vastly improved. And then, hey, we say, Hey, I mean, maybe this is going to work out. We'll see. Lots to go into it. But uh, bottom line is, Henry, it's going to be a tough matchup week one. Like, I mean, there's only – this is about as hard of a matchup as it gets, right? Like, the only team that I could think of that would be harder would be the Bucs, right? It's like it's Bucs or Chiefs, one of those two. And the Browns draw the Chiefs. So, I mean, how do you think it's going to play out, my man? Yeah, I bet on the Chiefs because I think the Chiefs are going to win this one. I think they're the best team – in the league still, I understand the Bucs beat them in the Super Bowl last year, but because uh, of injuries and other offensive line issues that I think the Chiefs are solved now. So ultimately, I, I think they're the best team in the league. They're the best team in the AFC, and I and the Browns have to go there on the road in week one. So I think they're in trouble here. And however, I, I think, you know, long term, that's not necessarily the case. Yeah, and I think that um... – Another factor that goes into the Chiefs, and, and I have to admit, too, I, I, I like the Chiefs in this game, too. I think it was a tough draw for the Browns, and, you know, week one hasn't been our friend. So, but, you know, just thinking about everything that goes into this game, and, like, I think that the revenge factor is going to play into this Chiefs season. I think, Henry, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Chiefs, and I'm not even just saying this as hyperbole, like, I, I, I could see 15-2. and two. I can see 14 and three. I, I think it's a revenge tour type year for them. I think that they think they were the better team last year and lost the Super Bowl due to circumstance, that being the offensive line. So I think they definitely have something to prove this year. And it sucks that the Browns had a drum week one, man. It does. And, and we can get into this later looking at around the other teams potentially. But if you go look at the Bills schedule too, it's unfortunately pretty workable, which I, I don't think plays in the favor of the Browns, obviously, because this is the first year in a while we actually have to consider teams outside of our division as yeah. you know potentially jockeying for seeding and other things. Uh, and I looked at the Bills' schedule as well today, and the Chiefs, and I was like, "Whoa, yeah, they they get a lot of good spots uh, here." And, and speaking of, of good spots, Jordan, the next weeks though, I the next two weeks really I thought were a blessing for the Browns because I knew the Packers were on the schedule. You see the Chiefs 
week one, you're like, boy, are we going to have to, you know, go on the road again to another great, you know, quarterback team with this new defense? And, and no, we don't. In fact, the next two games in a row are both at home against the Texans and the Bears. And this was my initial thought when seeing the full schedule is I breathe a sigh of relief seeing those yeah. as our next two opponents. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and make the pick here for the Browns. There doesn't even need to be deep analysis on this one, Henry. I just think the Browns are by far and away the better football team here. And that's even if Deshaun Watson was playing, and I don't expect him to be playing in this game. I think this is the perfect matchup. Look, I think we both agree the Browns is going to go 0-1. I think we can chalk them up to that here on our official kind of the rebuild um, schedule for the year. I think that the Browns obviously bounce back and I think it's, they bounce back in a big way, Henry. I think that this is like a 31 to 10 type game for the Browns and it's a dominant game, a steady dose of Nick Chubb in this one. I think that the Texans defense is poor last year. It's might even be more poor than it was this year than it was last year. So lots of the desire with that Texans defense. I think the Browns again are just the better team and I don't think that this one will be a close, but again, a nice little cupcake after the Chiefs get, build a little momentum going forward. Yeah, this is one where I a huge bounce back uh, and I agree 100%. And I'll quickly make, as I said, I see the, the Browns winning these next two. I, I think also at home versus yeah. the Bears, big favorite spot here. The Bears may be playing Andy Dalton, which I think would be a huge mistake. And if not, they're playing a rookie quarterback in Justin Fields. So I love it. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd fully expect, um, you know, maybe this, Henry, this, is, this might be an early call by me. And if it is, let's go back. And we, we might have to run back the tape. Like, <laughs> couple months down the line but I I wouldn't be surprised if this is the game where we do see Justin Fields come in at some point like maybe it's one of those games where the you know the Bears maybe they're 0-2 and they're getting their ass kicked by the Browns at halftime of this of this game and all of a sudden we see Justin Fields for the first time because that's kind of how it is right like it's kind of how it was for Baker Tyrod (laughs) of course happened to Tyrod again last year with Justin Herbert like those guys don't really typically start right off the bat. It's usually around like week three, week four, when they, they realize their team really doesn't have anything to where that quarterback comes in. But this is kind of a little different at the same time because I do expect the Bears to be pretty good. And like I said, it's a possibility that Justin Fields come in and figure out their ass kick. But I actually do think this might be a little bit of a closer game. And to be honest, this is a game that I have my eyes on and going to. <laughs> and sit in a dog pond for this one. Uh, I... I... Don't disagree with you there. It could be an interesting game uh, with, with the Bears roster. You know, they've, they've got some pieces, but at Don't home you with think the Browns, with the Bears, like, like do, I see the Bears as a team that it's either goes really good or really bad. Like, I don't really see a medium. I, I see, I see maybe 10 and seven playoffs or like five and 12. Like that's kind of what I see for the Bears. Hey, they're honestly a hard team, you know, as a guy that lives in Chicago and yeah. around the Bears a lot. They're a hard team for me to get a pulse on this year because I actually believe in, in Matt Nagy as a coach, I think, more than most. However, they're going to start a rookie quarterback, I think, at Justin Fields here at some point. So I like Fields more than their previous quarterbacks. And though on the flip side, I think their defense has regressed outside of those stars, you know, slowly over these last two years, too. So you add all that up together, and I have no idea what they're going to get with the Bears. <laughs> but I don't think it's an elite team, and the Browns are getting them at home. So ultimately, I feel good about the Browns' chances in that game. And I think, though, it's funny, I, I'm going in groups of two here a little bit. These next two games as well stuck out to me, Jordan. Yeah. Because I think both the Vikings and the Chargers present some specific challenges for the Browns that are going to be difficult to deal with, and both are on the road. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'll say well, my thoughts on these games, but I'd love to get your thoughts on how you feel like the Browns stack up uh, you know, against the Vikings first and then the Chargers. Yeah, so the, for the Vikings, I agree with you that this is one of those games that, like, I, I, on paper and as it's like, again, the Browns should win. I think they maybe will be probably favored in, but it's a tough matchup. I think Minnesota is a tough place to play. I see you're shaking your head. I mean, I, I know the home team usually gets a little bit of love in these situations, but I, th- I just think that this is going to be a year where the Browns are favored more, a significant amount more than they are, are dogs in games. But again, Minnesota, hard place to play. It'll be an interesting, like this will be probably that first real test for the Browns in terms of like, is, has the run game or the run defense improved, right? Um, Going up against Delvin Cook, uh, Minnesota is able to run the ball 
um, decent offensive line there, um, you know, with the Bears, Texans, and Chiefs. I don't really look for those teams to be able to pound the Browns on the ground. So this would be the first test for that. I think it is a tough game to win, Henry. Um, you know, obviously there's Kevin Stefanski's storyline of him going back to, you know, where he pretty much spent like 15 years of his career um, up there in Minnesota. But I like the Browns to get the job done here ultimately. And if you move it over to the Chargers, you talked about this being on the road, Henry. This <laughs> this is going to be one of those games where this is like a borderline home game for the Browns. Um, there will probably be as many, if not more, Browns fans than there are Chargers. I mean, let's just call it what it is. The Chargers don't have fans. And if you claim to be a Chargers fan, I would kind of like to sit down and like <laughs> pick your mind and kind of, kind of figure out what's going on there because I, I don't know if they exist. So I'm not worried about the whole being on the road there. I do think that the Chargers are going to be sneaky good this year. And uh, they're able to, I mean, it's no secret, they're, they're able to toss the ball around the field with Herbert and some of the wide receivers there. That'll be a test for the secondary. Again, I think that both of these games, Vikings and Chargers, are going to be close. But I like the Browns in both of them, Henry. I, I, I truly do. I think the Browns will lose one of these games. Just you, if, if they were to... Are you going? Are you saying it would be Vikings over Chargers? I don't see us losing to the Chargers. I see it being bullshit close, if you know what I mean by that. But I don't see it being. I don't see us losing it. Vikings, I could see us losing. So I think the Vikings are the better team. I also think that's a better spot for the Browns being the first of these two road games. Uh, I, I think the Vikings offense is going to pose some specific challenges for the Browns. And you mentioned Kevin Stefanski coming from Minnesota. Mike Zimmer is a fantastic defensive coach who's going to be very intimately familiar with Kevin Stefanski's scheme. So I think that's a really tough game. For likewise them. there, though. But likewise, for sure. Likewise, for sure. I, I just, it's, again, early in the season, I'm, I'm on the road. I would I would probably say, I'm guessing that line will be around even, and I, I, I would not love the Browns in that spot. And then the Chargers are a, go look at their schedule. They have a brutal opening <laughs> six games to their schedule. <laughs> Awful, and they they come off a Monday night game to play the Browns that Sunday. Uh, I, the Chargers are okay. Um, I do think they they they've become the hype team for a lot of people. And Herbert is great. I, I'm a believer in him, but yeah, I think it'll be one of those two games. I, if the Browns start out three and one and play a tight game in Minnesota, that they come out victorious, I wouldn't be surprised if they're a little bit sleepy going across the country the next week. So as I said, I think one of those games gets dropped. I would lean towards it being the Vikings game. And it's, again, it's just, I think there's going to be a learning curve a little bit with this defensive side of the football and facing two explosive offenses there. I tell you what, though, Jordan, Sparkle, the game in week six, I cannot wait for this game for the Browns to play the Arizona Cardinals at <laughs> home. You know how much I have been against the Kyler Murray Cliff Team yes. Ferry coalition <laughs> that has been formed. And I am so ready for this. All right. So I got the Browns a five and one going into this game. Um, I agree with you. I'm ready for this one too. Um, I want you, this is one of those games, Henry, I want, I, you might need to come up to Cleveland and you and I need to go to this game together. <laughs> I think, I think that's what needs to happen here. Yeah. <laughs> You, you know, you, the way you've been talking about Kyler and all that, which I don't disagree with you, but, you, you know, you, you got you got to see it in person so you can just kind of look around and do one of those. like, Yeah, you see, I, I told you so. I, I, want, I want you to have the gratitude of that moment. So, uh, But when it comes down to the actual analysis of the game, I, I do think that this is, again, one of those games where I like to keep using the phrase bullshit close in terms of like, you know, the Browns kind of been, they were, you know, messing around with the opponent. Like they had the chance to do the knockout punch. Didn't happen. Cardinals came back, drove down the field, scored, made it like maybe a 10 point game, a seven point game late in like the third or fourth quarter. I see it being one of those type games, but Henry, I, it's so weird to look at the schedule and be like, you know, like why can't, why wouldn't the Browns win this game? The Browns have the better team. Like look at a lot of these games and be like, you know, we should win this game. Like that is, I haven't done that in a long time. I didn't even do that last year because we were still coming off the stink bomb of 2019. But this year, looking at the schedule, Henry, it's like I, I have the Browns six and one after this Cardinals game. I do. I I I think a lot of people in look. I think you're in the majority. To me, a lot of people are too optimistic on the early uh, part of the Browns schedule as far as those first five weeks. That's However, the easy stretch, though. 
Like oh, see, the, the rest of the season, the gauntlet, man. Oh, see, see, I think this is the easy stretch. I think you get Cardinals at home, Broncos at home, Steelers at home, Bengals, and then Patriots away. I so I think the first yeah. five games have some difficult ones in there. I'm wondering of those games. See, this is where I think the Browns make a run. Is I love them against the Cardinals. I love them against the Broncos, and I love them against the Steelers. Three games in a row where I see. I'm I. I think people don't factor in enough the spot and home versus road when they're looking at their schedule and kind of doing their team records. And I look at the spot in all three of these cases. I'm like, okay, Cardinals traveling cross country to the Browns, huge, great spot. Thursday night football, a team in Denver that has a quarterback issue, boom, great spot. Show me the Steelers at home with the Browns having 10 days to prepare, great spot. Three in a row to me that that are big checks. And to your point, Looking at those that stretch of three home games, Henry, Cardinals Browns October seventeenth, Broncos Browns October twenty first, obviously Steelers Browns on Halloween. Do you remember that stretch of October games into November games last year for the Browns? I mean, there was like, like meteorologists were having to come out and like invent new type of like, <laughs> like <laughs> we've never seen a storm like this or like type shit that was going on at some of those games in Cleveland uh, in in late October. So. I mean, that's just kind of the weather that you're going to have to deal with. You talk about a team like the Cardinals coming from the West Coast and playing in a dome. Like, they're not going to want to play in any of that weather. So, I mean, that that, that factors into that as well. Um, and I think the Browns fared well in those games last year. Obviously, they had the hiccup against the Raiders. But those other games against the Eagles, like, the, you know, they played well. Obviously, a bad team. But I just – I like the Browns, the defense – the way it is this year to be set up to play in those kind of ridiculous weather games more so than other teams, especially that stretch of three. A much more physical defense. I think that we're going to see on the field this year. And as I said, all three of those games, I think are, are, are great spots for the Browns. And I see three, three victories in a row there. And I feel yeah. great about how that schedule shook out for the Browns. And then it's two road games where, you know, I've seen some people kind of schedule in almost a, a schedule loss of sorts, either to the Bengals, you know, perhaps being a little bit frisky with Joe Burrow, a back from his knee injury at that point, and or uh, the, the Patriots in week 10. Gordon, I lean the Patriots as being a potential uh, trouble spot there for the Browns yeah. on the road in Foxborough in week 10. But do any of those games in particular stand out to you uh, of the Bengals and Patriots or potentially one of those home games that I see as a W for the Browns. Do any of those stand out to you as a potential uh, a spot where the Browns make trip up? I like the Browns to win all three of those home games, so I don't want to, you know, kind of echo what you said there. Um, that Steelers-Browns game, I think, is super interesting, that being a Halloween game. Um, the Browns playing on Halloween and Christmas this year, I think both in some pretty high-stakes matchups that are going to be very intense. I think that Steelers game is, is going to be a close game. I think we're in the kind of period – now, where every time the Browns and Steelers play, unless we're playing in the playoffs, we, you know, of course, kick their ass. But, you know, that's a story for another time. But I do think that these regular season games, even though they, you know, kicked our ass in the regular season last year, I think we're entering a phase where these Browns-Steelers games are going to be very physical and very AFC Northy type games, if you know what I mean by that. And I think that um, the whole factor of what happened in the playoffs last year is going to play into that leading forward. I think there's a lot of bad blood on both sides. But I don't think that the Bengals are going to give us as much trouble as a lot of other people think. We really don't know what's going to be made of Joe Burrow. They look, they still did nothing to address their offensive line. So even if Joe Burrow comes back and he's the Joe Burrow that I expect him to be the Joe Burrow that I know. And I, I just don't know if it's going to matter if that offensive line is terrible again. So I'm not worried about the Bengals. The Patriots is the super interesting one to me because like I said about the bears, I think the Patriots fall into that same category, Henry, where I think it's, kind of one extreme versus the other, right? Like I could see I could see a 10 and seven Patriots team that kind of takes everyone by surprise is, is really impressive because they did a lot. They have a lot of additions this year. Uh, Belichick spent a lot of money in free agency, the most that he's spent there with the Patriots. But I could also see them being very lackluster, kind of like they were last year. So it, it's kind of interesting. I think that's going to be the interesting game. And just going off the top of my head, I can't remember a time in my lifetime where the Browns have won in Foxborough. I don't know if you can, but I certainly can't. They did pull an upset against the Patriots when they were was not that Josh Gordon? Team. Was that a, the Josh Gordon game? Was they it, lost I, that game, I think, though, didn't they? Remember that, Gordon had like 200 yards receiving and 
took like two slants to the house against the Patriots in one of those like 2014-ish type years. I, I, I want to say they lost that game though. I just can't remembering them. It seems like they've always had been had some catastrophic mistake every time they've played in Foxborough. I know the Browns have had some success with the Patriots at home, but again, this game being in Foxborough. So I looked it up while you, you were talking there. The game I was thinking of was in 2010 where they beat the Patriots 34 to 14, but that was at home. You are correct. Right. Peyton, they're, that's they're, Peyton Hillis. Yeah, their their Foxborough yeah. results are uh, not great to say the least. Even that 10 wins Brown team in 2007 lost 34 to 17 in Foxborough. I am scanning for the last time the Browns won a game in Foxborough. It had to be the and, 90s. Uh, yes, it, it was, but gosh, when even was it? 1992. Exactly. So this could be another year where we don't get over the hump of winning the first game and don't get over the hump of winning in England, which again could mean nothing in the long run. The Browns could win the damn Super Bowl, not knock down either of those barriers, but it's still funny to think about. Like, I I don't see them getting the job done in New England for some reason. I could, I would chalk this up as an L and the Browns would have two losses at this point, Henry. It's a tough uh, spot again. I, I don't want the back-to-back road games. This being the second of the two, Belichick, of course, a great defensive coach, and I think this New England defense is guaranteed to be good. They they are getting a ton of players back that opted out because of COVID last year. The ceiling of this team, and I think part of the reason you mentioned it, why they're so difficult to figure out, is you just have no idea what they're getting at quarterback. Whether it's Mac exactly. Jones, what version of Cam Newton you're going to get? Are you going to get the version of him from the beginning of the season last year, or the end? You know, the end of the season when it was just horrendous. So it makes it a difficult game to pick a little bit, which is part of the reason the schedule game is fraught. Uh, in some respects, we just don't know what they're going to be. But, yeah, I, I could see this being a challenge. Uh, Jordan, I almost want to skip the Lions game because I feel like it, yeah, we're we, I mean, the Lions <laughs> as a W here. And I want to get to the this Ravens anomaly, if you will. The Browns, for those who didn't see it, get the Ravens in Week 12 on the road by Week and then the Ravens at home in week 14. Jordan, what do you make of this? Well, the, my first thought that comes to mind is that second game, there's going to be at least one or two players ejected. Um, it's going to be one of those sloppy games where there's a lot of flags, a lot of fighting going on, because that kind of shit carries over, right? Like, if you, put it this way, Henry, if you play a division rival week two, some shit always happens, right? Like there's a fight that breaks out. There's a dirty play that might've happened somewhere. Someone got their feelings hurt and they retaliate. Maybe if you play them 10 weeks down the line, maybe you forget. It's still going to be fresh in everyone's mouth. Everything that happened that game. And then, and, and then you have a bye week and then you play that same team. Like those issues are going to be hashed out immediately. So that's kind of the first thing that came to mind. And the second thing that came to mind is I went and immediately looked at the Ravens schedule and said, okay, who, so what's their, that three week stretch like for them? a lot harder for them than it is for us, Henry. They play the Browns, Steelers, Browns. Those are going to be three incredibly physical games. Ravens and Steelers is always physical year in, year out, no matter what. So if you have that going for us, I think that I first looked at this and like, why the hell did they do that? Especially considering they know what happened with the Browns last year, that Browns-Ravens game that was, I think, unanimously the best game of the year in the NFL Spread those out, put them both on national TV. No, the Browns are going to be playing in Baltimore on Sunday night, but then that December 12th game after the bye week is at home. But I like the Browns, and I, I think this is a split, Henry. I think I think you lose the first, and then you, and you win the second at home just because the Browns are going to be more fresh coming off that bye, and the Steelers are going to have three very, very – or excuse me, the Ravens are going to have very three very physical weeks in a row. And I think that plays a little bit more into the Browns' favor than it does the Ravens. But bullshit. Like, why? Why did this? Why do they do it? You know what I mean? I don't understand that. And, like, no one else has to deal with that kind of stretch this year. No one else has done it in what since the Seahawks and whoever did it in like 1980, whatever. Hey, I'm stealing a point you brought up to me before the show, but this is only the second time it's happened in NFL history. Uh, right. a, a situation like this. However, however, I think it's the Ravens that got screwed here, not the Browns. Oh yeah, because- I, I agree. Because, so, to me, this actually benefits the Browns uh, because of that Steelers game in the middle. So, if the Browns lose this game, uh, the first uh, of the two on the road, which I feel like in most scenarios, 
people would be penciling in whenever the Browns played the Ravens, Ravens on the road. It's a loss. That, to me, they're in a great spot to have a revenge game because not only are the Ravens going to be tired from playing the Steelers and then having to, to play the Browns, as you mentioned, as part of a very physical 30-week stretch, the Browns got five weeks to play the exact same team and make adjustments. Yeah. So to me, this is a, an opportunity where it, it almost strengthens the Browns' chances of splitting with the Ravens. And even if they, if they do manage to pull off the upset uh, against the Ravens when they're uh, on the road, typically you think, okay, the Ravens are going to see them in a few weeks. Uh, there'll be a revenge factor there. And although that'll be the case, the Browns will be rested at home whereas the Ravens will be coming off a game against the Steelers having to travel to Cleveland. So if anything, I feel like this just slightly bumped up the chances that the Browns go one and one in this rivalry this year and bumped up even more the chances that they go two and oh if they sneak out that first victory. Yeah, those are the two big factors without question. It's the Ravens having to play Steelers in between that and then, of course, the Browns and Kevin Stefanski getting three straight weeks the game plan for the same team and the Ravens having to take a break from having the, getting the game plan for the Browns in between that, that definitely leans in our favor. I just don't understand it. I just think from a schedule making standpoint, you would want to stretch those two games out as far as possible. But the fact of the matter is Henry, that stretch, that three week stretch is probably going to be the most intense stretch from a regular season standpoint as a Browns fan. That I can remember because there is a very, very good chance of how late that both of these games are in a season that the AFC North is going to come down to those two games. I, I don't think you're wrong. I think it will. And then I think potentially some of the Browns games towards the end of the season could be very important as well uh, in, in division when they, when they end with the Steelers and, and the Bengals. But before we get there, a game I am really excited about and then a game I am not excited about at all. The Raiders at home, I thought the Browns were the better team last year and the weather mm -hmm. was terrible in that game. I cannot wait for the Browns to play the Raiders, but then unfortunately, I am really not looking forward to the Browns going to Lambeau on, on Christmas Day uh, against the Packers, assuming Aaron Rodgers is still a Green Bay Packer. Not looking forward to it? Come on. First of all, Christmas is an NBA day. I don't like that the NFL is playing uh, on Christmas because I kind of like to fade in and out of those NBA games a little bit. And I don't want to have to do something where I'm locked into watching the Browns on Christmas. And then second of all, I think the Browns are in trouble going to Green Bay in December against Aaron Rodgers. And so, no, well, I am not looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to it from a challenge standpoint. I agree with you that the NBA is kind of, you know, that Christmas is kind of NBA's thing. But I mean... Yeah, that's kind of my first thought was like, damn, like Christmas, <laughs> Christmas just got kind of intense. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden, like now you have to like, I am in front of my TV and I'm glued at 4.30 and like, I might need to smoke a fucking cigarette or something because <laughs> it's going to be intense. I have a glass of whiskey. I don't know what it's going to be, but like, it's going to be an intense Christmas. But at the same time, <laughs> Jordan, what, what goes on in your Christmases? <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's not what goes on in my christmas henry it what it's what goes on during my bronze game watching it's, a, it's such a range of emotions that you have to find a way to deal with the stress somehow and if it's that it's that <laughs> that's, that that's really all it comes down to like if anything I, look, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. The, the Browns game stressed me out to no end. I, I think my, my girlfriend has been concerned about how stressed I get watching Browns games uh, in the last year now that she's had to see me do it. <laughs> but I'm hoping I go into that game at least a little bit more relaxed, having opened some presents, done some, had some family time. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're talking about ripping cigarettes for the game. <laughs> Gotta get that halftime heater in, man. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, on that note, uh, I think we can transition off of the Christmas games to the other games to end the season. Hold on, hold on. I, I did want to say real quick, though, with that game, it all comes down to Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, like, there's a solid chance that he's not playing in that game, and if he's not playing in that game, then all of a sudden that becomes not a cigarette game. I think that kind of becomes a type of layup game. So, I mean, it, it, it's really two ends of the spectrum there. I think it's either going to be a very, very crucial and intense game or kind of a layup game. And I'm here for either or, to be honest with you. 
Well, and uh, I, I was a little dismissive of the Browns' chances as well, but I, I actually really don't feel that way. The, the only game yeah. where I, I really am not feeling great about the Browns' chances is in week one for, for the reasons we've already rehashed. But it, going on the road, obviously, to Lambeau is a challenge, as you said. However, this is a challenge that I think the Browns are fully capable of taking on. I don't think the Packers are going to be as good as they were last year. And even if they are, I, I think the Browns are a, an equivalent team. I, I, so I think this will be a really exciting game. I think it'll frankly be a great road test for the Browns mm-hmm. at this point in the season because they come home for some crucial division games after that. So I like the idea of them getting tested against a team that I think is playoff quality, you know, right before the, the playoffs. And then they got a, hopefully a couple games to get right and feel themselves before they, they head into the playoffs. Yeah, I totally agree. And then the next week, this kind of, I, I think, what is Christmas on a Saturday, I want to say? Or, or, am, I, on a, or am I mistaken? It is on a Saturday. No, you are correct. Okay, yeah. So Christmas is on a Saturday, and then you play the following Monday against the Steelers on Monday Night Football. So you get mm-hmm. kind of a, a little bit of a, an extra day to kind of get ready for that Steelers game, which I kind of like that how that plays in, into our I think this is interesting Henry I think if you're able to win that Packers game come home win that Steelers game I think that Bengals game the last week of the year becomes one of those like major major trap games it is you you get the sense that the Bengals could be one of those teams that's five and 11 going into that last game, but the kind of team that's trying to build some momentum for the next year, the way that we've seen the Browns uh, be, be toward the end of the season where they catch a team by surprise. I am hoping that the Browns have something to play for as far as seeding. So hopefully they won't be uh, taking that game lightly. That's my hope. I I do agree with you coming off an emotional Monday night game against the Steelers. That is going to be, somewhat of a trap game uh, for sure, but hopefully the Browns will have enough implications on the line that that won't matter. However, I share those concerns with you for sure. Yeah, ultimately it's kind of, like I said, I think that when you're looking at the Browns schedule as a whole, I think you have kind of too many easy stretches in there, Henry. And then I think the rest is pretty difficult. But at the same time, like, I'm more confident in a Browns team than I've ever been going into this year. So I'd like us to win a lot of these games. Like, I, I'm looking for a pretty, a pretty impressive record. I think it's set the Vegas over-under right now is at 10. Henry, i like them to get over that. I, I really do think that they will. And I, I would think that they – I would be shocked if I didn't see 11 or 12 wins from the Browns this year. And I know that's saying a lot because this is a difficult schedule, ninth hardest schedule in the NFL. But also at the same time looking at that, there's three significant teams that have harder schedules than the Browns, the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Bengals. Every single team in the AFC North has a harder ranked schedule than the Browns right now, despite the Browns having the ninth hardest schedule. I think that plays in our favor as well. I, I actually, I, I disagree a little bit about the strength of the schedule of the Browns. So you, you are correct in terms of win losses from last year. However, the way I like to look at strength of schedule is the Vegas predictions for this upcoming season. And in that case, the Browns actually have one of the easiest schedules as far as that's concerned because of some of the dips that that Vegas is projecting uh, in the teams that the the Browns are going to see. So the Vegas is not as high on on the Steelers, obviously, compared to the number of games they won last year. Las Vegas is not as high on the Las Vegas Raiders as they were last year. The Green Bay Packers, a lot of these teams. So. I actually think the Browns have a workable schedule for the most part. I agree with you. I think they're going over. Uh, it seemed like you were even more optimistic. I was going to ask what, it, you know, I won't hold you to this, but just based off this schedule, do you have an early record prediction in mind as far as what you're thinking? I do. And you can hold it to it. Come on. It's fine. I'm a big boy. You, well, you there could be training oh, camp injuries and other things <laughs> yeah, where yeah, you may want to adjust a game or two. That's true. But looking at it right now, Henry, I, I'm saying – Thirteen and four, and I'm serious. Wow, I'm serious. Thirteen and four, I'm dead serious, Henry. I really, really, really love this roster, pretty much from head to toe. What they did on the defense, I think, is almost—it's one of those things that's like, 
this might not make any sense, but it's so much not slept on that it's almost slept on. <laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense at all. Yeah. But I mean, the fact that like, I feel like everyone is kind of like, damn, the Browns got good on defense. The fact that that's become everyone's opinion, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, we're almost start, starting to sleep on how good, how much better they actually did get. And they didn't really have to do anything on offense. And they didn't do anything on offense because I think our offense is one of the top three to five offenses in the NFL from an offensive line, from you know, kind of the trenches out standpoint. So when you figure that in, what they were able to do last year at 11 and five, the other thing that plays into this is every single coach, and I mean head coach, Kevin Stefanski, defensive coordinator, Joe Woods, Chad O'Shea, wide receiver coach, Bill O'Callaghan, offensive line coach, every single coach from last year is back. And that is going to play into this record as well. We don't know what that's like as Browns fans. To have success, then to bring that success back. I think is going to play a large part into the Browns this year. I I share your optimism for the most part, it, for a lot of the reasons that you bring up. I, I think the continuity of this team, and it's funny, the point you brought up to start that, I think is the, is the most salient one, and that's the Browns defense is just going to be better. Unless Miles Garrett gets hurt, the knock on wood, the, the Browns defense is going to be better. And when I was talking to Mike Renner and I asked him to give it just his thoughts on the AFC North, he said, the Browns have a top 10 defense as far as talent is concerned. And he goes, everybody seems to understand that, but like, do you understand that they went from defense that was in the mid twenties to top 10 defense? Like what that does to you from a schedule for, you know, what that does, if you look at rankings means this is an elite football team that should be favored to win the AFC North. See, that's exactly what I meant. And you said it so much better than I did with the, uh, so much not slept on <laughs> slept on but that's exactly what I meant by that right like you were so bad last year and got so much better this year that like I don't I almost don't think we're giving them as much attention as it deserves if that makes sense so everything that plays into that Henry I just I I, I think is absolutely the case and again I think it's gonna be a magical year man full capacity crowds the dog pond's gonna be going crazy I'm ready to do it I'm ready to do it so for me, I'm going to predict a slightly lower record than you. I will say 11 and six. And the, I know what the first Damn, reaction of okay. that to be is, well, the Browns were 11 and five last year and they're a better team. And I 100% agree with that. However, this is the reason for, for me picking 11 and six is a, a couple different things. I don't think the Browns, frankly, were quite an 11 team, 11 win team last year. If you go look at some, and look, point differential is not a perfect measure. Turnover luck is not a perfect measure by any means. But to me, the Browns were probably more like a 10-win team last year, just looking at stuff, maybe nine and a half, 10-win type team. And because they're well-coached and they had a couple of things go their way, they got to those 11 wins. So number one, I think there's going to be an improvement there. Secondly, I think the team at the end of the season is going to be the quality of a 13-4 and team. I just think they're going to have some hiccups early on as they adjust to so many new defensive starters. I mean, the NFL is not like college football. The idea of replacing seven or eight starters on a defense is not something that most teams do on a year-to-year basis. And the Browns are asking a lot early on, especially I think in the secondary, uh, against some teams you know like the Vikings, like the Chiefs, like the Chargers that can really pass. Uh, I think they're asking a lot of those guys. And so if the Browns start slow, I am not going to panic. If the Browns are two and three, I am not, I promise you, I will be on this podcast saying we're fine. We're fine. Because I just, think it, I just think it's an issue of going to be adjusting to these new defensive starters. So I, I think 11 and six is probably on the conservative side. If they win 12 or 13 games, I would be less surprised than if they won eight or nine, uh, you know, injuries excluded, obviously. I just, I'm factoring up a little bit of that early season adjustment on the defensive side. Yeah. And here's the interesting thing about the first point you made there. Like you said that, you know, you predict them to go 11 and six and I I said 13 and four. So I think that there'll be a little bit better than that, but to back up your point a little bit, Henry, like you said, like, well, you know, the, the kickback would be, you know, they were 11 and five last year. So 11 and six, they're worse than like, it is very possible. And I don't think people understand this to be 11 and six this year and be a 10 times better football team than mm-hmm. you were last year. Like that is very possible 
for that to exist and happen. I think it's the case in, in, in often. I, I honestly think the Ravens team last year, and I know they had their, their left tackle go out, but I thought they might have been a better team than they were two years ago. It, it, they had a better record two years ago, but it, it just so happened that, it, you know, the schedule breaks that way and, you know, certain games go one way or the other. When you're talking about such a limited sample size, that that can happen. And, and I, I think you're 100% right in the fact that I think record progression it is not the same as roster progression in the sense that you mm. can improve your roster and not necessarily automatically translate to a better record in the NFL because injuries are such a factor, because weather can be such a factor like we saw last year, things like that. So as I'm bullish on this team as I have ever been, just like you are. And so I, I, I still want to preach optimism pretty much at all points. It's just, uh, I think there will be some slight uh, adjustments. Jordan, one thing I do want to do before we sign off here is just run through a couple questions about this schedule, because I think there, there's some fun stuff. And let's start, well, we're on the records thing. So let's start. You mentioned 13 and four is your record. Barring any crazy injuries. Baker Mayfield or Miles Garrett, you know, tearing their ACL in week one, you know, within reason, you know, you know, somebody missing a couple games, whatever, you know, you can expect that kind of thing. What do you think is the best case scenario for this Browns team? And what do you think is the worst case scenario for this Browns team? Are you talking about just like end of the season? End of like, the season record. Like, yeah. you know, like assuming Baker Mayfield plays 15 or more games, Miles Garrett plays 13, you know, 13, 14 games minimum, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, obviously, if there's a significant injury that changes the landscape of the teams, we can't predict that. Throw that out. But, like, how does this go wrong for the Browns? And then what's the ultimate ceiling, do you think, of this team regular season record-wise? So how it goes wrong for the Browns, I think I, I really the only thing that I could see happening is a major injury on offense, which, of course, never wish injury upon anyone. I hope that doesn't happen. But I really think that's the only thing that could really hold this offense back. On defense, I think it's just that I don't see this being the case, but it, it is probably the worst case scenario that these new pieces just kind of don't gel. And again, it's that Joe Woods question of, you know, we gave you the pieces, you couldn't really solve the puzzle. So that that's, I think, the kind of worst case scenario. And I think if that happens, Henry, I think at worst, that's like a, I almost said nine and seven. That's not the case anymore. Nine, <laughs> um, nine and eight, nine and eight. Yeah, I was thinking I, yeah. the same thing. Yeah, I think it's nine and eight, somewhere around a game. Maybe a game over 500, 500, or a game under 500. I think that's the worst case scenario. And again, I think like worst, worst, worst case scenario possible. Best case scenario, Henry, it's 13 and four, it's 14 and three. It's somewhere along that. It's having the AFC North locked up before you get into that Monday night game against the Steelers. Having those last two division games of the season not really mean anything because you have the AFC North locked up. I think that's the best case scenario for the Browns. I agree with you on the worst case, and I agree with you on the best case. I think the worst case is, is right around that nine-win mark, uh, you know, barring any significant injuries. And I think the way it happens is this defense is still in the 20s. Uh, they've got some injury-prone players that they added, and, and I think you can take that into account a little bit as far as, okay, maybe they don't you know, tear their ACL, but Jadavion Clowney is nicked up and misses six games, and Joe Woods isn't the coordinator that, that's the guy to get the job done. They can't find the right spot for JOK right away, things like that. And I think the best case is 14 and three. And I think how that happens is, is pretty simple. Baker Mayfield outduels Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, and or Patrick Mahomes at some point here. And to me, if the Browns are going to go 14 and three, that's going to ha have to happen probably twice out of those four games. And I think it's within reason that he could do that. But I think ultimately to be a 14 and three level team, I think this roster is that talented. I think they're a top three to five roster in the NFL. You've got to have the quarterback to go along with it. And I think Baker Mayfield can make that progression, but I think it would take another step up from what he, he did last year. I think he's slowly building up still. I think he's on the ascension as far as his career, how much of a step forward he takes this year, I think ultimately determines that regular season ceiling for this team. I agree with that 100%, Henry, and I'm here to tell you that I wholeheartedly believe he will because, to me, what I remember about last year is I remember Baker Mayfield going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Baker, or with Patrick Mahomes in that divisional playoff game. Like 
he balled out, Henry. We did a podcast talking about how he balled out. Nobody talked en- enough about how well he played in that game. So to be on that stage, the AFC Divisional Playoff game, against the who are the defending Super Bowl champions at that time, and to go to toe-to-toe with a generational player in Patrick Mahomes and hold your own. I think that was the moment for Baker where he realized himself that he arrived and I think he's only going to build off of that. And I think that's going to play into my 13 and 14 prediction or 13 and four. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 am optimistic. I am uh, about Baker compared to where I've been in the past. I always think I, I've been fair, frankly, with Baker. I think some things yeah. I, I was hard on. I, very... Everyone had to be hard on him at some point. Right. I mean, well, it's I, just, I, if you're watching football and, and you understand football, you understand that he has struggled mightily at times as quarterback. But he's well, also balled out. Exactly. And I would say I feel like in general, my tendency is to be a little bit more reserved one way or the other. I don't think I go quite as far on the low side as Browns fans when things are bad and not quite as high on, on, on the other side of things when things are good. And so for Baker, I, I was low, uh, you know, but I don't think as low as some other people soured on him during the Freddie Kitchens era. And then I don't think I was quite at the level of some people this last year who I think some got a little overzealous with how, with how excited they were about <laughs> Baker. It, it deservedly so with the, the, the change in the progression this last year. But I, I'm, uh, again, remain reasonably optimistic with him. A, a couple other questions I want to ask you, Jordan, just real quick before we sign off here. Primetime games. The Browns had three of them. Not enough. It were about right. I, I saw some Browns fans complaining, hey, the, the Browns yeah. will get more games here. Are you excited for a new, you know, particular game there? And what were your thoughts on the Browns having just three primetime games? So the, the two things with this is, one, um, this is kind of really contradicting points. And but it's just kind of the, the fact of the matter, right? So, like, I was kind of – it was weird to me that – the, the Vikings had four primetime games and the Raiders had four primetime games. Mm-hmm. I believe the Bears did too. And to look at that and see that the Browns only had three, like the Browns have as many primetime games as the New York Giants, right? Like to me, that didn't make sense. But at the same time, Henry, in 2019, the Browns had all those primetime games. If you remember like pretty much the first like five weeks of the season were on primetime and that almost did the Browns in. They couldn't, get their focus right for those primetime games for whatever reason. Probably comes down to coaching. But nonetheless, they didn't fare well in those primetime games. So it might actually play into the Browns' favor for an overall season outcome to have a lot of these 1 o'clock, 4.30 games where you're not the only team playing, where the focus isn't totally on you. You can kind of just go out and play your game. And I think this team does best flying under the radar. I don't necessarily think they're flying under the radar anymore but not necessarily in that national spotlight every week where they can subject themselves to criticism like they got it in 2019 and that ultimately did them in. I actually feel like the primetime games were about right for the Browns. And it's just because I look at the schedule and I feel like the games they put in primetime make sense. The Ravens, that matchup, that first matchup, to me is a perfect primetime game. The Steelers is a perfect Monday night type of game, you know, the Broncos standalone on Thursday night, you're always going to have one of those. And then as far as the other games, for the most part, I look up and down the schedule and I feel like three primetime games is a little bit of a misnomer because the other games that stand out to me as being potential primetime games, the one against the Packers, well, it's Mm -hmm. on Christmas. It's like, it's not a primetime game necessarily, but it's like, it's a little bit of a unique situation. It's basically a primetime game in the fact that it's a 430 kickoff and that's going to be the only game on at that time. So, exactly. uh, again, that, it, it technically is. And also the Chiefs week one, right? 425, CBS, Jim Nance, Tony Romo. That's a nationally televised game. And actually, Henry, it's actually fact that if you go out and look at the numbers, the 425 CBS and Fox, you know, you got Jim Nance uh, and Tony Romo for CBS, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman on Fox, those games do the best numbers of any NFL game that week on a pretty regular basis. So those really are the games that everyone is glued into when it's kind of like, Hey, I already watched my team. I'm going to flip to this game, watch this game. Like those are actually the NFL games that do the best numbers. 
Exactly. And the other piece of this is the Raiders are playing on Monday night football for that week one game with the whole you know, new stadium and, and all that mm. kind of thing. So obviously the, the NFL had some incentive there, you know, big game against the Ravens, a big market, you know, with this whole thing going on and, and that they want to show off. And so the Chiefs, the Browns could have been in prime time, but as you said, they put it in a spot still where clearly they want eyes on the game. So to me, it actually, the schedule for the most part made perfect sense as far as the Browns concerned. I didn't really get those gripes that I saw on Twitter. I was kind of like, ah, look at the schedule. Uh, I don't know what game I'd really want to see in prime time for the Browns, you know, it, it, looking at it neutrally. I, of course, am extremely excited for s- several other games. And so let's, let me ask you that. Just game you're most excited for on the schedule. Browns or are we talking Browns? Or are we talking outside of Browns? Browns, Browns. Give me the game. Oh. And you can rank them top three if you want to. So top three going from one to three. One, it's Sunday night in Baltimore, November 28th. Um, I, I mean, just the rematch of that Monday night game last year. Again, by far the best uh, game of the year. I think that this Baker-Lamar thing has become a real thing. I think both guys understand that and both guys want to be the better of the two. And I just think it's going to be Browns-Ravens in this division for years to come. So every time I see the Browns schedule coming out now, I'm always going to be looking for when those Ravens game are. To me, it's that Sunday night against the Ravens. And then for me, number two, Henry, it's going to be that Packers game on Christmas. And I'm assuming that Aaron Rodgers is going to be in Green Bay for that game. And if he is, it definitely becomes a big matchup. You know, does Bacon, first time we'll see Baker go up against Aaron Rodgers, that kind of thing. And Again, just a lot that's going to go into line. I mean, that's so late in the season that there likely are going to be divisional and playoff implications on that game. So that ranks in two for me. And then at three, I would probably say it's got to be Chiefs week one. I mean, that could have – it probably could be any sort of a semblance of those three games. But Chiefs week one, and the reason it's so big, Henry, because if you win that game, I mean, the tempo that that's going to set for this season and Browns fans and everything. I mean, winning that week one game and then having that stretch of games that we talked about, maybe not the easiest stretch, but an easier stretch certainly than other points of the season when you're talking about Texans, Bears, Vikings, Chargers, Cardinals, Broncos, Steelers, Bengals, Patriots, Lions. If you're able to start 1-0 and against the Chiefs, the rest of that schedule playing out, I mean, that could really set the tempo for the season. So that's why I'm looking at that game as well. Obviously, is everything that plays in the last year. I want revenge, too. The refs do this dirty in that game. Like, there's just a lot that plays in that. So those are definitely my three. It's funny because I almost had a bunch of different games circled in those. I, the Ravens game, I think, was right up there for me as well. But I don't know which Steelers game I'm more excited for, but I feel like one of those has to be my number one. The Steelers. Halloween. It's, it's got to be Halloween. Yeah. But then on Monday night, too, at the end of the season, I think it would be awesome as well. Hey, so I will I will say Halloween is my number one just because I think there's a chance that the Steelers are out of it. Um, week, uh, that last, the second to last week, knock on wood. So hey. uh, I, I, I am hoping that that's the case. So I will say Halloween is a game I'm most excited for. I, I am a man who loves some revenge. So I will put the Raiders my second game. And perhaps it's because I have too many Raiders fans in my life. But I can't stand the Raiders, number one. Number two, I think the Browns were the better team last year. And so I want them to win again. And number three, there's this like Baker Mayfield, Derek Carr debate that sometimes pops up. And I want, that, I want that to be silenced as well. So uh, I, I will say them at number two. And then I'll, I'll throw the Ravens uh, primetime game in as well, that first one. Uh, is my number three. Honorable mention to the Cardinals, of course, uh, for that. Yeah, for that, of course. Baker, of course. Uh, Kyler Murray <laughs> showdown, but I'm right there with you. Any game that stands out to you, Jordan, as a major trap? Yeah, I think I mentioned it earlier. I think it's that last week against the – or not that um, – hold on, let me look at this real quick. The last week against the Bengals? Is that what you're going to say? The, la- the last week against the Bengals, but also – no, no, not even the last week against the Bengals. I think it's that November 7th. Um, game against the Bengals, mm. the one o'clock game, because like I said, I think you enter a stretch where you have a real possibility of winning five or six games in a row after that Chiefs game. And if you do that, you come off the high of potentially beating the Steelers in that huge game that we're talking about on Halloween. And then you have the, and then you go to Cincinnati the week after. And we know that the Browns, for whatever reason, 
kind of don't always play their best ball in, in Cincinnati. It's always kind of a like, hey, we could have been winning this game, kind of flip the switch at the right moment, kind of like how it played out last year. I could see that kind of game, similar game in Cincinnati this year. So I really think that that game can be the trap game with everything, a possible winning streak leading into that, the possible high of beating the Steelers on Halloween the week before. I will say, and I agree with you there, I will say the Chargers game for this reason. I think if the Browns beat the Vikings the week before, I think that'll be an emotionally charged game with Kevin Stefanski beating his, his predecessor and his old team. And then the Browns are going to go cross country. As you said, there'll probably be very limited crowd there. It'll be kind of a sleepy game. And I think there's a real possibility that the Chargers are a desperate team in that game because given how difficult their schedule is early on, I think that game may have a lot higher stakes for them than it does for us, uh, which I, of course, never like to see as a, a Browns fan. You never want to be going against a desperate team. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's the one that that I would circle as well. But, but Jordan, I, I, that's all I've got as far as the schedule is concerned. We obviously went along here on today's episode, but you got, got to give schedule. the people give the people what they want. That's all, that's all we're here to do, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and we didn't give them two pods this week, so hey, we give them an extra yeah. long one so there they get go. in their Browns fill. But Jordan, can't wait for all of these games, all 17 of them. Give me that extra football. Give it all to me. This got me so excited for the Brown season. And now, you know, it's hurry up and wait because we still, unfortunately, will be waiting for a few months before that game, September 12th at Kansas City, to get this 2021 season rolling, baby. Let's go. This weirdly made me, like, illogically excited for training camp for some reason. <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess the schedule came out, camp. and it was like, like, yeah, it's like I said, it was like that draft, and then there's the schedule, and then there's training camp, and then there's the season. So just, like, kind of like, hey, you know, training camp's getting close, and then training camp comes, and, hey, the season's getting close. So we're getting there. Slow and steady, man, but we're getting there. That we are. All right, Browns fans, that will do it for this episode of The Rebuild. We will be back next week breaking down all things Browns football. As I said, look forward to that episode with PFF's Mike Runner talking about the AFC North and all of their off-seasons. That'll debut next week. And then also, please subscribe, rate, review, leave a review in the comments. Exciting news, Jordan. The Coors Light draft thing that we did where you get a free six-pack if you leave yeah. a review and drop your Twitter handle, that is coming back, folks. So if you're still listening to this episode, drop a review, win a free six-pack of like that'll be running here for the next couple weeks and we appreciate your support of the show until next time browns fans just two words for you oh browns <laughs>